privilege to be able to uh, come and minister the word here in this church. This church has a reputation all across the United States of being a powerful church with powerful men of God that have led it down through the years. And so uh, it's uh, a great honor for me to be able to speak to you today. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, I just want to say this. The devil and all of his devices have come against the church in a very powerful and strong way in the past year. He has attacked us politically. Our rights are being eroded away. And uh, then through sickness and death, he has attacked us. The church has closed down, opened back up, but uh, all across our district and across the nation, churches are reporting that those that were faithful in church prior to the shutdown are, are not all returning back to church because coldness set in and a separation from being in fellowship with other people of like faith has caused a breaking away, a falling away. But I want to declare this this morning, that whatever the devil's devices are, that greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. And we are assembled here this morning as the body of Christ. I want you to understand, when you're at home alone, you're a child of God, but you are not the body of Christ. You are just apart. But when we come together as we are today, this is where the strength is. This is where the power is. This is where the glory is. And so therefore, because the body of Christ is assembled today, the devil has no power in this place and in your life. And all of the things that may have come against us and may still be coming against us, we can say and we can declare from this moment forth, they have no authority over us. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. For this is the heritage of the child of God. Amen? Do you believe that? That's what the Word of God says. And so we need to rejoice. We need to be glad. We need to forget about all of the problems and cares of, of what we've gone through in the past few months, the past few weeks, and maybe even this past week. And we need to get in and realize that we are here for one purpose, and that is to lift up the name of Jesus, and that He would in turn fill us with power and glory and determination to keep on keeping on. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Now, if, if you come here to have church as usual, then I'm going to be very disappointed in you. We have come here today for an encounter with God. Amen? The devil has attacked your pastor and has tried to keep him from proclaiming the Word of God. And you have a good pastor. You have good men of God that, that are over you, that are, are, are careful about what they say and what they preach. They want it to line up with the Word of God. And so 
Uh, the devil has done everything that he can to this church. There are, are people that are still in the hospital. The pastor's wife is still still uh, suffering from sickness uh, because of COVID. But it's time for us to decide enough is enough. Do we believe in divine healing? Do we believe in divine healing? I know a few of you do. Amen. That's one of the cardinal beliefs of the Pentecostal church. That's one of the cardinal beliefs of the Christian church. If you read the book of Acts, we have power and authority over all of the devices of the enemy. And so we don't need to be fearful. We don't need to, to cower down or hunker down in our homes. But we need to realize that God has given us authority in this day. Hallelujah. And we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so we're here. And we're here to make a difference. And that's what I want to preach to you about this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me uh, to the book of Ephesians, the second chapter. I'm going to begin reading at the first verse. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And I want to say again that it is an honor and a privilege to be here. Thank you, Brother Bedard, for inviting me uh, to preach for you today. Hallelujah. Well, I'm in Galatians, so that's not going to work. <laughs> All right. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. The Word of God says, And you hath he quickened, are made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, say that with me, but God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. By grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to I preach to you this morning for a little bit on this thought. Attracting the atmosphere of heaven. Attracting the atmosphere of heaven. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We're so thankful, God. For your great love wherewith you loved us. Hallelujah. Despite all of our sinfulness, our rebelliousness, Lord, our sinful nature, you loved us and you have made us your own. And you have set us in heavenly places 
with Christ Jesus. And Father, now we ask that we, we, we be transported spiritually out of this building in Corsicana, Texas, and right into the throne room of grace. And Father, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost that destroys the yoke would destroy everything that the enemy has put up to try to keep us from receiving from Your Word and understanding who we are as children of the Most High God. Father, now I pray that the anointing would flow like a mighty river through this place. Let it drive out and push out the debris of the world, the debris of doubt, the debris of worry. And God, let us bask in the love of Christ for us. And let us be empowered by Your Spirit today. Move in the altar service, I pray. In the lovely name of Jesus and everyone said... Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We live in a time when much of the church world seems focused on creating the perfect worship atmosphere. Thousands of dollars are being spent on LED video walls for backdrops and multicolored stage lighting and fog machines. And I guess there's nothing inherently wrong with any of those things. But what really troubles me the most about this modern push toward a stage setting is something that I saw on the Internet just recently where one advertiser put it this way, Enhance your church with LED screens to empower and grow your congregation. Now, past generations believed that the best way to empower and grow a congregation was through the power of prayer, through the preaching of the unadulterated truth of the gospel, and by inviting the presence and the anointing of God's Spirit in each service. And since those things take up time and take true commitment of living a separated and holy life, our modern-day church has decided that the, the quick fix is to manufacture an atmosphere that appeals to our senses, to our carnality, if you please, hoping that God will endorse our endeavors as we worship. However, I fear that our modern attempts don't always appeal to heaven. You see, the goal then should be not to manufacture an atmosphere, but to attract the atmosphere of heaven into our churches, into our lives, and into our world. If you look at the word atmosphere in the dictionary, you'll find this definition. Uh, the an envelope of gases surrounding the earth or another planet, the air in any particular place, and the pervading tone or mood of a place or a situation. And I want to focus my attention on that last definition, the pervading tone or mood of a place or a situation. Now, our text tells us that the devil is the prince and the power of the air. The literal definition of this phrase from the Greek is the ruler of the government of the atmosphere. In other words, Satan is the ruler who possesses power to manifest evil in the world through influencing people and commanding demons. And the realm of his domain or his government is the air 
of earth's atmosphere. It is the invisible location of the spirit world that exists on and above the earth where Satan and his demons move and exist. And what we have seen on the news beginning this past summer and all the way up to this present time with rioting and violence and looting and murder and mayhem in in cities all across the United States and then in our own national government at our capital. This is actually the atmosphere of hell. Satan is able to unleash a storm of destruction on the United States because we excluded God and His laws and morality from our education system, from our places of commerce, and from our political arena. So we, in essence, have given our nation over to Satan. And that happened long before all of this chaos started. You see, we are experiencing the result of a nation that has given itself up on God and has forsaken God. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, when God created man, he gave Adam dominion or rulership over the earth. But later when Adam sinned, he forfeited that rulership and handed it over to the one that he had submitted himself to, which was Satan. Mankind lost his position and his authority in this world. Now understand, God never gave Satan any position or authority. He's never given him any position or authority. He was cast out of heaven along with all of the demonic angels because of their rebellion. And so what he has, what Satan has, he has stolen from somewhere. And I want you to understand he's stolen it from you. He is in charge of the atmosphere, and he desires his atmosphere of hell to invade your home, your marriage, and your mind. He desires everything that is evil to be loosed in your life. Satan uses his stolen authority and power to stir up chaos in this world. He keeps mankind full of hatred and division and strife. And ultimately, it will bring about our destruction. That's what's going on in the United States right now. They're trying to put one race against another, trying to create division. That's coming straight from hell, if you don't understand that. And then he deceives mankind into believing or into Blaming God for every evil and disastrous thing that takes place on this earth. He causes us to reject God in anything that is good and holy and righteous. And in doing so, Satan keeps us submissive to his will. And because we're submissive to his will, we thereby lose our place of authority in Christ as children of the Most High God. And he does not want to re- relinquish his stolen authority and he will do whatever he can and whatever is necessary to keep that authority away from you. Now remember the definition that I gave you of atmosphere. It's the pervading tone or mood of a place or a situation. And so we need to understand what controls the tone of our mood in our lives and in our homes in particular. 
Now understand, it is not your faith that controls the tone or the mood of your home. It's not your joy. It's not your peace. But what controls your atmosphere where you live are your words. Your speech controls the atmosphere. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, Jesus reminds us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You see, if the devil invades your heart with the atmosphere of fear or anxiety or depression or anger, sooner or later, that atmosphere that is in your heart is going to manifest in the room where you're at. And what's in your heart is going to come out through the words of your mouth. And so your speech controls the atmosphere. What you speak can make things better, or what you speak can make things worse. And Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so it's important to be sensitive. What is stirring around us? Uh, when the atmosphere shifts to the negative, your speech determines what is going to happen next in the conversation. And the reason you feel heaven while you're in church and hell when you're in your home is the difference of what you're saying in those two places. Now in here, what are we doing? We're praising the Lord. In here we're saying, Lord, I love you. I just want to be in your presence. In here we're worshiping Him. We're magnifying Him. We're attracting Him into our, uh, our midst. But when we're at home, the devil is looking for ways to get in. And whether it's through our eyes, remember your your eyes are the windows to your soul. And so television and the internet, they have a huge impact on your spiritual life. Or maybe it's through your ears with gossip or with secular music or through the media. Or it could be through your mouth. What are you speaking and what are others speaking over you? You see, all of this can upset you spiritually and get you discouraged. And the devil is trying to find a portal, a channel, some way to get into the atmosphere of your home. And the reason he's doing that is he wants to defile your children and make them carnal and cynical so that he can fill their hearts with immorality and rebellion and cause them to disrespect authority. He's trying to do it because he's looking for a channel to cause your marriage to self-destruct. He's looking for a foothold where he can get in and steal the peace that you feel in the presence of God on a Sunday morning, but by Sunday night it's nowhere to be found. Your atmosphere is being controlled by negative words, and the devil loves arguing, he loves strife, he loves contention, he loves division, he loves it when you speak words of doubt, when you speak words of defeat, all all of those things are controlling your spirit and the atmosphere that's around you. Praise the Lord. I wish I could get some help in this Baptist church. Lord have mercy. Wake up. In Jude verse 9, the Word of God makes an interesting statement. It says, Yet Michael the archangel in contending 
with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Now Michael, the archangel, understood it benefited him nothing for him to get into an argument with the devil. Even though he was a high-ranking angel that stands in the presence of God Almighty. You see, the devil draws strength from anger, from strife, and from contention. And Michael did not jeopardize his authority by arguing from his point of view. But notice how he spoke. He spoke from a position of victory. Hallelujah. Because he knew who he was submitted to. And if I'm submitted to God, you hear me, Christian, if you are submitted to God, then you can count on His authority when you speak on His behalf. Glory to God. It doesn't matter what the attack of the enemy may be. It doesn't matter if it's sickness. It doesn't matter if it's strife. It doesn't matter if your spouse, your family, your neighbors are coming against you. When you speak on behalf of God and it lines up with the Word of God, you have all of the authority of heaven behind you. Glory to God. Now I want you to notice what Michael the archangel said here. He didn't say, I rebuke you. He didn't even say what we say, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. But what did he say? He said, the Lord rebuke you. You see, it is a trick of the enemy to get you baited into conversations where you forfeit your spiritual authority because you speak from the flesh instead of the spirit. You speak from your point of view rather than heaven's point of view. And so when the devil tries to stir up a family member against you and your natural response is to lash out in the flesh and to prove your point, understand that you are actually falling into the devil's trap. You hear me? Just because you win the argument doesn't mean that you've changed the atmosphere. Every husband in here should have said, Amen. How many times have we thought we won the argument, but all of a sudden we heard from the kitchen our wife slamming every door on every cabinet because we may have won the argument, but we didn't change the atmosphere. I feel sorry for these uh, women that have these new cabinets that are quiet shut because you can try to slam them, but then they easy they go easy does it to close. My wife couldn't live in a house like that. And because we try to argue from our own point of view, that same spirit keeps coming back again the next day and the next day and the next day. And we're living in an atmosphere of strife and division in our own home. But don't let that spirit win. Understand that you have authority and stand in that authority as a child of God and say, The Lord rebuke that spirit. Now, don't say, husbands, to your wives, the Lord rebuke you. <laughs> That's dangerous. <laughs> but, but rebuke that spirit. Amen. 
uh, the Lord rebukes that spirit. And let the atmosphere of heaven reign in our home. You see, your spouse is not your enemy. Your kids are not your enemy. Your neighbor is not your enemy. Your co-worker is not your enemy. But Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 tells us exactly who our enemy is. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, that last statement there in that verse is exactly the same Greek word that is used in our text where it says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. And so what is happening is we're allowing the enemy to steal our position and our authority. He's taken our seat in those high places, those heavenly places. And I'm not going to let him take my seat. I'm not going to let him steal my authority. I don't know about you, but I am going to take my place that is reserved for me by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Your enemy is the devil and his unholy hordes, and he's trying to control the atmosphere. Now remember this, the way you speak will either attract heaven or it's going to attract hell. The way that Michael the archangel spoke to the devil He brought the atmosphere of heaven down with all of its power and all of its glory and victory. Remember, how did Jesus teach His disciples to pray? Father, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, Father, let the atmosphere of heaven so engulf this earth that Your will is done even by sinful men and demonically inspired leaders and even the devil himself calls thy will to be done. That's what you're really praying when you say those words from the Lord's Prayer. Lord, let the atmosphere of heaven engulf this world. Now you hear me. What you talk about is what you'll attract. Think about it. What you're putting, what are you putting in the atmosphere every day? If you're always saying, I can't get over this depression. Or if you're saying, I'm so fearful, there's fear inside of me. I can't get over the fear. Or if you're saying, I am so mad at that person. I'm so mad that I can't get past this anger. I can't get past the way I've been mistreated. I can't get past what has been said about me. What you're doing is you're opening the gate every day because the spirit world knows what your conversation is. In our text in Ephesians, uh, it says our conversation or our lifestyle, our outlook in times past were on worldly, carnal things. In other words, Satan's realm. But hear what the Bible says about our conversation when we get it right. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, for our conversation is where? In heaven, hallelujah, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He was able even to subdue all things unto Himself. Now hear that. He has the power over everything that the devil is trying to put into your life and into your home, into your world. 
to subdue it, to control it, to bring it to obedience, and to put it into submission. Glory to God. When we put our conversation in heaven, then we have all of the power of heaven at our disposal to bring everything into obedience to Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now understand, heaven and hell are interested in what you're saying. In Daniel chapter 10, we read there where Daniel has been, the Word of God says mourning. He's been fasting and praying for three full weeks for a message from God. And so, a message for him, the Lord sends out through a high-ranking angel that's unnamed. But in verse 12, hear what this angel says to Daniel when he finally reaches him. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, hear that, from the first day, you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard. And I have come, why? Because of your words. Your words have power. This angel goes on to tell Daniel for 21 days, he has been delayed by a spiritual entity called the Prince of Persia. And so much so he has been hindered that Michael the archangel is dispatched uh, to get to, to this angel so that this message can be delivered to Daniel. So there was literally a spiritual war going on as Daniel was speaking and praying. Now, hell wants to stop it. Hell wants to silence Daniel. Hell wants to keep Daniel in the dark. You see, the devil had tried repeatedly to destroy Daniel from the very beginning of the exile in Babylon. But God intervened again and again. God wouldn't let the devil's plan succeed because God had a plan for Daniel's life and he was overseeing that plan to bring it to pass. And guess what? God has a plan for every one of you here this morning. Hallelujah. And the devil is trying to stop it. The devil is trying to do everything that he can to hinder it. But glory to God, God will do whatever is necessary even to the point of dispatching angels on your behalf. Glory to God to bring you revelation and understanding that God is in control and God is working on your behalf. Glory to God. He'll do the same for you that He did for Daniel. What the devil means for your destruction, God is going to turn it around for your good. Hallelujah. But you've got to have your conversation right. And when the answer doesn't come immediately, you keep on speaking. You keep on praying. You keep on fasting. You keep on believing. Hallelujah. Because God heard from the very first word and He sent the answer immediately. Hallelujah. Hell wants to shut Daniel up. But heaven wants to bring him strength and revelation. Because both heaven and hell are listening to what Daniel is speaking. And heaven sends an angel in response, but hell sends a demon to hinder. And they are listening to all of us here this morning too. When I open my mouth 
Heaven and hell are waiting. They're listening to see what I'm going to say. Heaven waits for words of worship and praise, for words of submission and dedication, for words of faith and hope and love and joy. But hell is waiting for anger and hatred, for criticism, for gossip, for division, for death, for destruction. The atmosphere is only peaceful. Understand when you're attracting heaven and the atmosphere is only painful when you're attracting hell. Victory is only possible when heaven comes down and that atmosphere fills the situation that you're in. And understand, you can be living in a hellacious situation, but if you get your heart and your mouth together to say the right things, there'll be peace. Hallelujah. Peace in the midst of all that you're going through. Peace in the midst of chaos and pain. And the perfect illustration of that is, is Paul and Silas when they were thrown in jail. The worst thing that could happen happened to them. They were in prison, in the very depths of the prison. Their backs had been beaten. They were bleeding. They were in pain. They were in chains. Their hands were chained. Their feet were bound. But you know what wasn't bound? Their mouths. Hallelujah. At midnight, they had had enough. They decided they were going to get heaven up in this dungeon where they were at. And they began to sing praises to God. They were saying, Jesus, get the atmosphere of heaven in this place and let it take over. And when they did that... The Bible says that the prison walls began to shake. Hallelujah. And immediately the chains fell off and the prison doors swung open wide. Glory to God because they were speaking the right things. They were looking beyond their circumstances, beyond their own personal feelings, and they were praising God and worshiping Him. And because of that, supernatural things began to take place. Do you want miracles and signs and wonders in your life? Then let the atmosphere of heaven take over. Glory to God. And notice that it happened immediately. When they began to sing, when they began to praise. And notice also that the chains fell off not only of Paul and Silas, but it says everyone in that prison and all the doors were open. You see, you need to understand that your praises and your words not only change the situation for you, but it also changes the situation for everyone that's around you. You're having trouble in your home. Your kids are causing discord. You begin to praise God. You begin to worship God. Hallelujah. And the chains are going to fall off you and fall off your children and everyone that's trying to come against you. I'm telling you, that is the effect. When you begin to worship God, and you begin to praise Him, and you begin to look beyond the circumstance. Hallelujah. Paul, they may have taken your freedom. Christian, evil politicians may be trying to take your freedom. Silas, they may have violated your rights. All of these COVID dictates may be violating our rights. But I'm telling you, church, they didn't take your voice. They can't take your speech. So quit saying it's never going to happen. 
Quit saying, I'm never going to get out of this. Quit saying, nothing's going to change. Quit saying, it looks like my loved ones will never be saved, so why am I wasting my time praying all the time? Stop saying that. If you keep saying that, the prison doors will remain shut. But instead, open your mouth and start declaring the Word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're about to do something that is big that only you can do. I believe it with all my heart. Miracles are about to take place because I'm changing the atmosphere in my heart and in my life and in my world. Hallelujah. Hell can't stand it when you get your speech in alignment with what the Word of God says because what you're in essence doing is you're taking back that authority and power that the devil stole from the very beginning. You're replacing the devil's domain with heaven's glory on earth as it is in heaven. Or like Isaiah put it, let the knowledge of the Lord cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. Beginning at verse 4 of our text, and I'm moving toward an end now. Some of you are saying, praise God, and you can shout. At verse 4 of our text, it shows that Christ radically changed us. My goodness, our salvation, it's radical. It's a radical salvation. It's the greatest miracle that has ever taken place in your life. Salvation. We were actually, it says in that verse, that we were raised in resurrection power along with, at the same time, according to what the Greek word says there, when Jesus Christ was raised. And we were raised to walk in a new life. In the foreknowledge of God, hallelujah, He already knew you. He already knew what you were going to do with the, uh, this choice of salvation. And when the, and in the past, when Jesus Christ was raised, you were raised with Him. Our salvation is so radical that it's as if we were given a new environment to live in. In other words, a new atmosphere. What does the Word of God say? All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 through 13 says, giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us meet or qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. In other words, He has moved us out of darkness into light. That's how different our life is once we've met Jesus Christ. It's as different as daylight and dark. Out of depression and into joy. Out of chaos and into peace out of bondage and into freedom. Remember, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. He has placed His kingdom within every one of us that are saved this morning. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 17 and verse 21. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is where? Within you. Hallelujah. Do you realize what that means? Hallelujah. That means that right here where I'm standing, this is the kingdom of God. When I step over here, the kingdom of God has come here. If I walk down these steps and I come down here to the barbers, 
Hallelujah. I'm identifying with you. We are in the kingdom of God right now. I brought it to this place. Do you understand what that means for you this morning as a child of God? That the kingdom of God is within you everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, you are taking the kingdom of God with you. In other words, you're changing the atmosphere. When you're at Walmart, you're changing the atmosphere because the kingdom of God has walked into Walmart. When you're on the job, when the when there's people cussing all around you, hallelujah, the kingdom of God has walked right there, hallelujah, just like Abraham and Joshua, the Lord promised everywhere the sole of your foot goes, I'm going to give it to you, what you're doing is everywhere you go, child of God, because you have the kingdom of God within you, you are taking back territory that the devil has stolen, hallelujah, you need to realize your power and your authority in Christ Jesus. You are the kingdom of God as you walk, as you talk, as you speak. You're changing the atmosphere. Hallelujah. And that's why the devil hates the church so much. That's why he used ungodly politicians during this pandemic to keep the church on lockdown. To limit how many people could come together. Because the church, the body of Christ that I was talking about a few moments ago, is here to change the atmosphere of our society. That's why you are here. You see, you could have gotten saved and... God could have raised you up and raptured you at that very moment. Hallelujah. But He kept you here for a purpose. You're here to change the atmosphere. If the atmosphere of hell is controlling a city, it's because the church has been ineffective in that city. Let's not shift the blame somewhere else. If the atmosphere of hell is controlling your house, it's because, Christian, you are ineffective. You're speaking from your own point of view instead of heaven's point of view. Because the kingdom of God is supposed to be within you. You're taking it wherever you go. Not only has He placed the kingdom within us, but our text says God has seated us together in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Now this denotes position and authority. God has restored back to us what the devil stole. It's restored through Jesus Christ. Remember I told you at the start of my message that Adam's sin cost him his position and authority in this earth. It was stolen by Satan. But God, through Christ, has restored it back to us again. And that phrase, seated together with Christ, is in the past tense in the Greek. In other words, it means it's already done. It's already done. It's not when I die or when I'm raptured, I'm going to be seated in heavenly places with Christ. No. When I died at an altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At that moment, I was seated with Christ. Roy Carrico may be standing on a platform 
at Calvary Church in Corsicana, Texas. But I'm telling you, the real Roy Carrico that's going to live forever is seated right now in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Glory to God. And if we are seated in Christ, that means that His power and His authority that He has, we have in Him. That means we have dominion over the earth and over the the prince of the power of the air. We have all authority because all authority was given to Jesus Christ. You see, if we'll go back to, to Ephesians chapter 1, I didn't read it for the, for the sake of time, but if you'll skip on down to the 20th verse, Paul states that God raised Jesus from the dead and sat him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Okay? In verse 21 of chapter 1, it describes those heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come, where all things are placed under Christ's feet. And then in chapter 2, Paul starts out that chapter, and I read it as my text, contrasting our position, what it was, and our power what it wasn't, and what it is now. Hallelujah. You see, we were dead in our sins, is what he's telling us. We were slaves controlled by Satan, the prince and the power of the air. Everything that God had intended for mankind to possess, the devil had stolen from us. But God, hallelujah, but God in his love and by his grace, he raises up us from the dead and into life in Jesus Christ. And God then goes a step further. He seated us together with Christ in heavenly places. Do you see the picture in your mind? It's already done. Where is Christ? He is seated at the right hand of God. Where are we? We are seated with Christ. In other words, it's God the Father. Jesus Christ the Son and then Roy Carrico or insert your own name right here. You're seated next to Jesus Christ. That's the relationship that you have with Him. That's the authority and the power that you have. Hallelujah. You're, you're seated at the right hand above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. All things are under His feet. So should I be afraid of the devil and what he's doing? Absolutely. Absolutely not. The devil ought to be afraid of you. He ought to be afraid of you recognizing your position in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We should let, allow the atmosphere of heaven to prevail and shut down the atmosphere of hell everywhere we go because hell is under our feet. Everything lost has been restored to the believer through Christ. We have position. We were the children of wrath, and now we're the children of God. We have authority. We were slaves to Satan. Now we reign with Jesus Christ from heavenly places. In heavenly places or in the spiritual realm, there is overcoming power. You're wondering why you have to keep going back to the altar over and over, and you can't get victory over a particular sin in your life? It's because 
you're not operating in those heavenly places, in that atmosphere of heaven. If you, if you operate in the atmosphere of heaven, then you're going to have overcoming power over sin. Because there is overcoming power. There in that atmosphere is spiritual blessing. In that atmosphere, spiritual gifts are found. I dare say in this congregation the size that it is, there are multiple people that God has empowered you from the very beginning as you formed in your mother's womb. He has gifted you. He has placed callings within you and gifts within you that you could be using for the kingdom of God. But because you've allowed the devil to speak into your life lies, you're not operating in the spiritual realm that you should be operating in. You're not allowing the Lord to use you spiritually and bring forth those gifts and those callings. But just like Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God within you. You need to be constantly stirring up those gifts, those anointings that God placed in your life. And it's in that realm that those giftings are found. And that's why we are commanded in Romans chapter 8 not to walk in the flesh, but how? To walk in the Spirit. To live in the Spirit. To be led by the Spirit. In other words, we are to live in the atmosphere of heaven. But the sad truth is that it is possible to be seated with Christ, but to spiritually vacate your seat. When you, when you listen to the devil's lies... You're vacating your place of authority. When you let the flesh control you, you're giving up your seat. When you give sin a foothold in your life, you're vacating your seat. You're exchanging the atmosphere of heaven for the atmosphere of hell. And this is the dilemma for the majority of Christians, believers today. They still need to be transformed and yielded entirely to the Spirit. It's not just a Sunday morning thing. It goes way beyond that. It's an everyday thing. It's a 24-hour-a-day thing. Being submitted to the Lord and yielding to the Spirit. If we can understand our position in Christ, it will govern how we live. It will govern what we allow the devil to do in our life. Church, our purpose on this earth is to change the atmosphere of the world into the atmosphere of heaven. Here in our text, the Apostle Paul showed us that we have power through Christ. With current events pointing to the fact that we are swiftly moving toward the rapture of the church and the, and the coming tribulation, it would be easy for us to just focus on escaping this world but you are here to engage the world. Don't ever forget that. You're not just looking for an escape. You're looking for a way to engage that sinner, that friend that doesn't know Christ. But Christ has placed His kingdom in you and seated you with authority to take back what the devil has stolen. You're here on this earth for such a time as this. I, I said that a few moments ago. You're here in this time, in these chaotic times, for a purpose. 
And it's time that we realized our purpose. Amen? It's time for the church to start attracting the atmosphere of heaven. Because that atmosphere is what's going to change the world. Stand with me, if you will. heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder today, is there anyone here that will say, Brother Carrico, I've been living in an atmosphere of hell. I know it. I face it every day. The enemy is tormenting me. Things are coming against me. People are coming against me. It's a struggle because the atmosphere of hell has taken over. And it's taken over my life too. Maybe you're here and you've never asked the Lord to come into your life. You don't understand everything that I've said, but you do understand this. That you're living in a way that you don't like what, what you're experiencing in life. There's a better way. And if you're here this morning and you would say, I want to experience that atmosphere of heaven that you're talking about. I want to ask Jesus Christ into my heart and life. I want you to slip your hand up. We want to pray with you. There are godly men and women here that will show you that there is a difference. That there is a better life that Jesus Christ provided for you. Are you here this morning? Heads bowed, just slip your hand up very quickly. Hallelujah. God bless you. Christian, maybe you're here today and you say, Brother Carico, I'm experiencing that atmosphere of hell in my life. I, I realize that I've fallen into the trap of the enemy. I've I've been cynical. I've looked on all everything negatively it's like I go from one major struggle, major trial to the next and I, I, I expect that I don't, I've almost forgotten what victory is all about if you're here this morning and, and you're suffering like that that's not what God intended for you, that's not what it means to be a child of God and I want you to just slip up your hand and say That's me. Pray for me. There's some things that I'm struggling with. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Several hands going up across the building. God never intended it to be that way. Hallelujah. Yes, we're going to go through trials. We're going to face hardships. But hallelujah. We're always overcoming through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Maybe today you'd say, Brother Kiriko, I just need to stir up those gifts that are in me. You've made me realize that I have power and authority in Christ. I've just kind of been saved and just kind of coasting along and Not really growing, not really expanding. 
the kingdom of God within me. And, and you said some things that, that bore witness to my spirit that God has more for me. There's a yearning inside. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel that way. Would you slip your hand up? There's more. God bless you. Several hands going up. I know there's more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what I want to do right now as they begin to sing? I want you to step out into the aisle. I want you to come down to the front. You can kneel. You can stand. I'm going to pray for you. Everyone that I possibly can, I'm going to pray for you and lay hands on you. And we're going to believe God this morning to help you realize who you are in Christ. We're going to, we're going to believe that the atmosphere of heaven is going to so engulf you that you'll never be satisfied with anything else, anything less. Hallelujah. Come on, make your way up to the front at this time. God bless you.